All right, what's up, everybody? We are on episode 25. Uh, we have DJ Gay in the building, and I want to start first and foremost. Like always, I know you are a busy man. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time coming down. Um, I'm really excited for this. You got, you're sitting across from a devout basketball fan. Um, and there's a lot I don't know about you. So first and foremost, man, thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's been a while, crazy times, but uh, uh, it's good seeing you and and good to be back out here and uh, having somebody else to talk to other than my dogs and family. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's it's funny. We we actually laugh because the first couple uh, podcasts we did in quarantine, like the early March, April, when things were really intense, we'd shoot the podcast, and then me and Sergio would be here. And the person we were shooting with, because they'd only been like locked at home, like one girl, she was, it was literally just her in her studio. Though both the first two, we hung back after and talked for no joke, like two, three hours. Wow. And we yeah. finally said, you're like, oh, you can tell people are feeding <laughs> yeah. just for like physical, right. inter social interaction. Yep. So I think now everybody's kind of been out and about a little bit more, but I know there's still people that are, you know, 50 50 on work life, business, uh, personal. So. Glad we got you out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, we have, we have, I mean, right before this happened, we were getting some momentum, and, and I don't think a lot of people know we started producing the, the basketball events together. And for us, like, that's still something we have a, a huge eye on, and we were getting with the Rise events a, a lot of traction. I know I kind of touched on it here, um, and usually I kind of save till the end, but just as far as the day-to-day, because -day, you run a really big youth program here, um, how is that with, with your family, with your basketball program, how has things like been? A, is it been a juggling act? Has it been a lot of do's and don'ts? Or I mean, it, it always has. It always will be, no matter mm -hmm. the circumstances. But I mean, under these these circumstances, it's been it's been rough. I mean, we we still been running, you know, all summer long. We had two hundred kids come out, and uh, it was just a practice only atmosphere, mm -hmm. which was which was tough for everybody. Mm -hmm. Parents who want to see their kids compete, we couldn't let parents come out and even watch practice because mm -hmm. of you know the the guidelines and the rules and trying to take extra safety precautions and then you have the kids who you know after the first week of practice they're like hey coach are we ever gonna compete again or totally, are we gonna yeah. play and and you don't know what to tell them you don't know what to tell the parents and as a coach you you you, you want to compete and you know what's that fine line between what's too much what's not enough and how do you keep the the, the families happy and how do you keep your coaches motivated to, 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 to come and coach kids up with, you know, no light at the end of the tunnel right now. For sure. So yeah. That's, so that's, so that's been, that's been tough. Um, you know, but we had, we had 200 kids from, from June to August, which was, which was phenomenal yeah, more than, yeah. than anticipated. And we're getting ready to, to start up our fall season, uh, August 31st. So, um, we're hoping we can get similar numbers, but, mm. uh, you just never know. Totally. And, and you have a, you have years behind, behind your program. And it's funny because it, it, it compares a lot to business culture with, with what you're doing. And I, I had a guy on here before who we were talking about how this is the time when the culture of your program or your business really shines through because it's your coaches, your your athletes and all that. That's got to play a big role in people keeping things, like the momentum going and everything going. Because what I was talking to him about, I was like, you know, finances are uncertain this time right now. The economy is uncertain that if there's anything you can have certainty and lean on is your culture. So is that the same thing with the program? Meaning like even down to the parents, the parents, mm -hmm. the kids, the coaches, that's got to be one big moving factor. And you as like the leader of it have to be the hinge for all that. Absolutely. I mean, it, it all comes down to, you know, one, your product, 
mm-hmm. uh, second year message. And, you know, we've been doing this six years. San Diego Bulldogs has been going on for, for, for six years now. We'll be starting in our seventh year come September. And, um, you know, like I said, keeping, keeping guys motivated. It, it hasn't been an issue because we've had people who've been with us for so long. Um, it's not about the money, right? Yeah, these, yeah. These, these, these kids need an outlet. Totally. You know, especially now with school starting, kids staring at a computer four or five hours a day, mm-hmm. um, less interaction. So our, our, our goal and our hope is to, to provide an environment where kids can still come out and express themselves, get some, you know, get tired and, you know, be around their friends and in, in, in a safe environment. So um, that's that's been the message and that's going to continue to be our message. And, mm-hmm. you know, until we can get get, get back out there and. And kick some butt. Yeah, totally. It's funny because my sister has, has two kids, and she she runs her business from home. And having both kids at home, um, and and hearing that, that's got to be something. Have the parents reach out and said, "Oh my God, this is even more valuable now because your kids are cooped up at home, and it might even give them a little bit of a of an outlet or like their sanity back to have their kids go be out playing because there is no school, there is no really anything outside of that." Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's been pretty funny because normally if you were to come to one of our practices, you would see 50 to 60 parents there just watching. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we took that away. So now parents are they're excited because, I mean, they're, they're dropping the kids off and now they're going to go have dinner. They're going to go for yeah, a walk. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, you know, they've been nothing but, you know, thankful, you know, kids, you know, kids have been in the house all day. Thank you for doing this. And um, just providing, like I said, just that, that activity for, for kids to get out and feel some sort of normalcy has been, you know, the, the, the goal through, through all of this. So everybody's been appreciative. I mean, us as coaches and myself, we all took, you know, we had to take that financial hit to make it totally. make sense for, for everybody else, but it's all about the bigger picture. Totally. So not jumping the gun. Cause I want to, I want to go back to your, your in the weeds early days is mm-hmm. when did you first get into basketball? How young were you? I was four years old. Yeah, about four. Are you four California years old. native? Yeah, I'm from uh, Los Angeles. Well, the Valley. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, from, from the Valley. So you, so basketball was was the only sport you played multiple sports? No, I was a, I was baseball, basketball till I was about ten years old, and baseball was just too slow for me. Totally. I was like, you know, I told my my, my dad, if I can't play pitcher, I don't want to play. You yeah, know, for somebody sure. I needed to be involved in every single play. Yeah. You know, and I had no way I was squatting behind a plate and getting my knees torn out. So I wasn't playing catcher. So. Uh, you know, basketball was, you know, that was my journey. I wanted to, I want, always wanted to play football, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, parents never let me, especially when, you know, I started getting really good. For you know, sure. It, yeah. like it doesn't make sense. So, you know, but um, yeah, I started at four years old, you know, started at four years old. That's crazy. Did you come from a, a athletic family, <clears throat> a sports family? Uh, mom, not so much. My dad, he was always a runner. He was a mm-hmm. cross country uh you know, he has all sorts of records back east. Um, but, um, you know, it, it actually, you know, started out because I used to grow up. My dad used to take me to his men's league games. Oh, cool. You know, so to me, I thought I was watching a college basketball game. I don't know, yeah, four or yeah. five years old. But I see my dad out there hooping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to be like my dad. So if he's doing this, I'm doing this. Yeah, you know? for sure. So uh, and that's and that's kind of where that passion and fire grew. So how was it, uh, I mean, obviously San Diego is the, the southern neighbor up, up in L.A. How did the path from, I mean, you have to be, to get to your level and get to San Diego State level, what was the progression from, you know, forward to there, like through high school to college, and what got you here? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. You know, a lot, and a lot of people don't know, but 
or the people who do know me is I'm, I'm very self-driven. Mm-hmm. I'm very competitive. I hate to lose. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody where I'm just going to try and outwork, you know, yeah, yeah. everybody. Uh, I was never the biggest, never the fastest, never the most athletic. Didn't jump high, didn't do anything crazy, you know. But it's, you know, it started actually, I got that fire when I was eight years old, seven, mm-hmm. eight years old. My dad was my coach and uh, we played in a little rec league. And uh, if, you, if you win the championship, you, uh, that coach gets to coach the all-star team where you get to go oh, play cool. against all the other rec leagues in, in, the, in the county. Mm-hmm. So we won the championship. My dad was the head coach. Uh, we, 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 you know, we get to the end of the year banquet where they get to announce the all-star team. So, you know, I'm walking in there like, oh, man, I, I'm so excited. Can't yeah, wait to yeah. play against everybody else, you know, and, and get on this all-star team and play with all the best players. So they're saying all the names and get to the last spot, and they don't say my name. So, you know, of course, I was crushed. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was seven, eight years old. My dad didn't For My sure. dad didn't put me on the team. My own dad didn't put me on the team. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, you know, I go back home, and, you know, he knows I'm upset. And he's like, You didn't know going into the new- I didn't know. Oh, okay. He, they have their own list. Him and his wow. assistant coach. I had no idea. I, I thought I was on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, and he looked at me. He was like, you're not good enough. He's like, you're not, you're not ready yet. So that right there just was like, I had two options. Either I'm going to quit the sport and, you know, mm-hmm. it's not for me, or I'm never going to let this happen again. Mm-hmm. And it was the latter. So, you know, that whole time I, I practiced every day with the all-star team. I, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's when I, I was seven, eight years old practicing four or five hours a day. For sure. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's kind of where it all where it all started, that hunger, that fire, things like that. And that just kind of added on to, you know, my junior year, my uh, junior high, and then I get to high school, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm going to high school with uh, Nick Young. Mm-hmm. I went to the same high school as Nick Young. And for those who know, uh, Taft was a rivalry with Jordan Farmar, who played for the mm-hmm. Lakers. So I was in the, the basketball school, school of, oh, yeah. you know, of the Valley. So... You know, as a freshman, I played, you know, I played JV. And uh, the guy who was, who was the starting point guard on varsity was a sophomore, and I was a freshman. Mm. And I knew no matter what I did that I, odds are I, was, I, was never, I wasn't going to get that spot till I was a senior. Mm-hmm. So I had, to make a, you know, I had to make a decision. You know, it was tough on our family because my mom wanted me to stay. So he graduated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my mom wanted me to stay, but my dad understood why I didn't want to stay. So I transferred to a school that nobody's ever gone D1 or nobody, no one has gone D1 in basketball since 1964 or something like that with Gail Goodrich. Jesus. Right? So I yeah, went to a yeah. school that was not known for basketball, but it's all the neighborhood kids, all the mm-hmm. kids I grew up with at the local park. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everybody looked at me crazy. Like, why would you, why would you do that? For sure. You know, but I saw it differently. I saw it as an opportunity to be a big fish in a small pond, mm-hmm. you know? And then with that, with that fire and things like that, I was able to, you know, as a sophomore, I averaged, you know, 27 points. As a junior, I averaged 28, 29 points. And as a senior, I averaged 30 points. So you left as a freshman, you came in there as yep. a sophomore? I came there as a sophomore. Damn. So, but, but again, it wasn't, you know, I didn't, I went there with a big chip on my shoulder. It was mm-hmm. just like, I don't care what you say, coach. I'm going to show you that I'm better than that kid, and you should have gave me that spot. That was always my mentality. I was always the underdog. Did right? you ever play against? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And, and did yep. you go against the actual guy who was the, Oh, yeah. And yeah. I had 30. <laughs> <laughs> Have yeah. you, has that high school now, since you played there, has it become more of a high school that are on people's radar for, for sports? The one I transferred to? Yeah, yeah. No, no one's really? ever come out since. That's interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's funny, too, is uh, when you said what your dad did to you, which that's a savage move. <laughs> and it's also like, you know, if it's not explained the right way, you're right. And at that age, you can go one of two directions. Mm -hmm. But it's really funny you said that because I feel like dad's coaching you can almost have a, a verse effect, mm -hmm. you know. And one of my best friends growing up, his dad coached him all the way until it was actually like competitive, like high school. But he coddled him, too. His dad was a great. His dad came from all sorts of sports. His older brothers were athletic. He just was like always kind of on the border mm -hmm. but he always leaned fell back on his dad but his dad all, never did what your dad did mm -hmm. you know he always he still kept his spot still played and then no joke we got to high school and he didn't make jv yep. and obviously didn't even try out for varsity yeah and he grew up that whole time and, and 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 in fairness he was good it was just good right you know but was never told that because his dad kind of just made exceptions where he wouldn't have because it, it was his own son absolutely and how you do that i mean Doing at a banquet dinner at All Star, that's that's, a, that's an aggressive way. I figured it'd be like at least a sit down, like, hey man, so here's no. here's the drill. But it's good, it's good you took it that way, and it also mm -hmm. makes me wonder. So from eight until now, high school and right. where you went, was there an age or a point where you realized? Because everybody has this realization, like I'm better than I'm better than most. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm above most. Was there an age or grade that you're like, you know, I'm I'm ahead of most of these people that are my my age. Um. Growing up, my dad always played me two or three years ahead. Okay. So when I was 12, competing with 15 mm. and holding my own and doing really well, mm -hmm. um, I knew I was onto something. Sure. You know, but I just, I just, I didn't know what yet. Mm -hmm. I knew I was good, but I didn't know where I was really at. Um, get to my eighth grade, getting ready to go in high school. I thought I was a man. Mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm eighth grade. I'm top. I, I, I'm thinking I'm the top eighth grader in all of LA. Mm -hmm. Then I go into high school as a freshman, and they're like, "Nope, you're playing JV." Damn. Right. So that's my next humbling experience. For sure. You know, you're not as good as you think you are. You got work to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, I go to any other school. I'm, I'm playing varsity, but I wanted to play with the best and against the best and things like that. So I went to this, you know, high level school, and uh, and I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. You know, I was. I was a, a, a boy playing with young men, you for know, sure. future NBA D1 yeah, guys yeah. and things like that. I wasn't ready, mm -hmm. you know, but as a competitor, I was like, you know, but, you know, looking back at it, I'm happy that I never said, you know, it's somebody else's fault. You know, yeah, yeah. that coach didn't like me. I was never that guy. You but that's know? really rare. Do you ever wonder where that came from? I mean, it's we, but. I mean, we grew up in a different time. For sure. You know, so, I mean, back then you, you really didn't point fingers, you know, and shoot, especially growing up in L.A., you got coaches in your face cursing you out in fifth, sixth grade. That's true. You know, MFing you and things time, like that. Different yeah, yeah, you know, and that's, sure. and that's normal. I mean, mm -hmm. you do that out here, you're getting sued. Yeah, right? you're right. So it's, it, was, it, was, it was different. It was, you know, I grew up in a mentality either you're good enough or you're not, mm. you know, and DJ, you go play anywhere. Somebody's either going to find you or, or they're not. Yeah, you yeah, know, for sure. so, um, and that's just always been, you know, my mentality. So you can only imagine how my transition was from a player to a coach in San Diego. No, for sure. <laughs> right? I think you still need to have those qualities. And it's really funny not to speed up to those, like the tournament days, but I haven't been around 
it was the first time in a while that I felt that competitive culture in, mm -hmm. in youth sports. And, and when I first moved out here, I coached uh, two seasons of JV in, in Encinitas. And there was there was definitely the coddling that I mm -hmm. felt. But I think it, it, they'd reached an age. And it wasn't a very, very athletic program. So it was more like academics first in basketball. And I was opposite. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm shoving it down your throat <laughs> basketball. Right. But when I when I walked into like our first terms, I'm like, oh, my God, listening to how the coaches talk to the players, the, the, the parents talking, I'm like, this is great to hear. And you saw like people were crying when they yeah. lost. They were passionate, which was which was it's rare now. And maybe I just haven't seen enough of youth sports. You could probably speak on it more. But I think I think our time, you're right, was different. And in the in the reconnecting where you said you went and looked back, have you ever wondered and there's no way to tell had you decided just to hold place and ride it through high school there? How do you think the chips would have fell differently? Or do you think you would have maybe ended up in the same position? Um, I, I've, I've thought about it, but I mean, I ended up at San Diego State. Yeah, it's a, you, know, you so, ended up in a great position. Right, and, and I mean, and, and you know, coming out of the school of poly where I came out of, I mean, I had, you know, there was, there was Boston U, there was USC, there was San Diego. Like, I mean, my recruitment was fair. It was a fair, sure, yeah. it was a fair recruitment. Um, if I would have stayed at the school, could I have gone higher? Maybe, because mm -hmm. I would have been on maybe on a bigger stage. Or the potential other way, too. Yeah. It could have potentially gone. That's why Backfired, I said, have you, ever, yeah. have you ever wondered if it would have gone like, you know, the eyes would have been on these guys and maybe not as much where when they came to your school where you transferred to, all eyes right. on you. Right. So, you, it, it, so it, it's maybe a weird looking back or Absolutely. reconnecting the dots. Absolutely. You know, but, I, I, but I always use that to, um, to talk to the kids now, right? Mm -hmm. Every, you know, I have... 50, 50 to 60 eighth graders in my program, right? Mm. So we always do that winter season, we always do a, a high school discussion with parents, right? That's cool. You know, what, what school are you thinking about going to? Why are you thinking about going there? Are you academic driven? Are you athletic driven? Mm. Why, why this school? Why that school? And it's not to talk bad or good or about any other school. Sure, yeah. It's just about laying out all your options. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's certain schools where you know, pretty much no matter how good you are, as a freshman, you're going to play freshman. As a sophomore, you're going to play JV. As a junior, you're either going to sit the bench on varsity or you're going to play JV, mm -hmm. and you get one year to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I've always been a fan of being the big fish in a small pond. Yeah. You know? So do you – is that the approach? I mean, do, do most of your players know when you're talking specific about high school, do, you, do they know your story, and do you kind of share that uh, – the thought process that you went through? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's hard – it's hard to talk to a generation that is 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 driven by uh, programs that experience success, but their success has not come from development. Mm. It's come from transfers. It's come from I'm gonna get this kid, this kid, and this kid, put them on the same team, mm. and uh, you know, and and but parents and players don't realize that they think they're going to go in and walk into a situation to be the man at one of these top five schools in San sure, Diego. Yeah. And that's, that's not the case. If, unless you're a, a top 5% kid in San Diego, which there's not a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, so it's really, I mean, it's really interesting, um, you know, being on the outside looking in and then, you know, giving that advice and now doing this six years, I see the same thing every single year. I say, yeah, Hey, sure. you, you might want to take another look their first year they're transferring mm. right oh coach i'm, I'm never gonna play there you know so yeah. it's um it's 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 been an experience i've learned a lot 
you know, and uh, I've seen a lot in learning the San Diego basketball culture mm-hmm. um, compared to the L.A. culture. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Yeah, I bet. So I'm curious because I didn't know the, the high school story right. is when you went. I mean, you jumped into a big pond at SDSU. How was the transition there? Was it was there a culture shock? Was there an, like an acclimation going from where you were up to SDSU? Um, that was tough. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, going from from I mean, again, and it's and it was really tough because again, I was five eleven, one hundred and fifty five, sixty pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you're coming to a situation where the average height is six five, two oh five. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know. And, you know, but the funny part is, is the point guard, Richie Williams, I mean, he was my height, you know, but uh, he was the fastest player I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm yeah. walking into a situation where this dude is kicking my butt every single practice and I can't and I and I and, and I couldn't I couldn't stop him. I couldn't stay in front of him. He was yeah, just yeah. too fast. Yeah. He was just too fast. And, you know, and it's funny because I, you know, I use this to tell other kids, um, it was a, the only way around that. I was like, I, I called my um, one of my AAU coaches. I said, Coach, I, I can't stay in front of this 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 kid. He's he's just too fast. I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like, I look horrible on defense. Like, he's just kicking my butt. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't guard him. And he gave me the best advice ever. He said, DJ, what you do is every day in practice, no matter what, pick him up full court, mm. pick him up full court, and just try to stay in front of him as best you can. He said, do that every single day. And then, you know, and I did it. And, you know, the first two days, like, you know, I'm getting yelled at. Why are you doing that? What, 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 what? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's just going by you. He's too fast for you. Yeah. But I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And, and there and, and putting myself in the fire like that, I learned angles. I learned, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I learned how to stay in front of people. I learned distance. I learned when am I too close? When am I too far? I, it was, it took me 10 days. Mm-hmm. Of getting my butt kicked for sure, and then it never happened again. Did it kind of piss him off? It it did because that, that is it's almost like when you just step in one day out of nowhere and you're picking up full court. <laughs> right, that's almost like a man. Does he not respect me? No, he. But they all laughed at me. Like, yeah, yeah. Because he was just the fastest player. Like I mean, people know Richie Williams. You know, he's another San Diego legend. Oh yeah. But um, you know, he literally would kick my butt, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until like. You know, like I said, it was it was ten days of him just going, me just doing playing doing this and just looking this way and looking this way, you mm-hmm. know. But after that I finally got it. That's interesting. You know? Man. So what great advice. Yeah. When was, was that in, in year one? That was that was that was summer year one. Okay. Freshman yeah, my freshman incoming freshman summer. That's crazy. So I did I mean I, I was digging through like old videos, old a, a lot of stuff from back in your in your playing days and there's definitely a lot of feedback and a lot of people labeled you as the the discipline like self-discipline and and what you said like a true competitor Mm -hmm. is that something when you get into a a program like that is that something that you still stand out because i imagine when you came from high school you were the most competitive guy on the team Mm -hmm. now you're around those guys are those guys still um does your competitive level still stand out to theirs or do they have that like now you're amongst 10 guys who have an extreme level or were you above them all um i wouldn't say that was above them all um, guys were just driven by different things, mm-hmm. right? So I tell people, my sophomore team at San Diego State, I think was just as talented, if not more talented, than my senior year with Kauai. Mm. But we had guys who were more focused on how am I going to get to the NBA? 
How am I gonna get twenty points? How am I gonna, you know, yeah. you know? We had we had more guys that were focused on that than what can we do to just win, which was our junior and our senior year at at state. We mm. had guys who just all bought in, you know. But me personally, my thing was you're just not gonna outwork me. Mm. If you're gonna stay in the gym, I'm gonna stay in the gym. You're gonna get here thirty minutes early. I'm gonna get here forty five minutes early. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, as a as a freshman, I'm on the internet googling. You know hills in San Diego, mm -hmm. and I'm going to Cow's Mountain For twice sure. a week, and I'm yeah, sprinting yeah. Cow's Mountain. Yeah, no, my no other teammates were doing that, you know. But and, and 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 again, it's not saying they weren't working hard, they weren't doing this, they weren't doing that. It was just like, how am I going to get once one step ahead of them? Totally, yeah. you know. So it was just that was my way of 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 telling myself I belong. Mm -hmm. Like I worked too hard to let you take this from me. No, for know? sure. Were you, so going into your senior year, obviously I'm, I'm sure your, your headspace and your experience is different from them freshman, sophomore year. What was your biggest goal going into that last season playing? Because you said there's guys around you who, who did buy in, there's guys who wanted to go to NBA. What was your, your final year? What was your thought process, you know, to close out your final season there? Um, I, I guess just, your goal. Your, the goal, my, my goal was to, to leave and be the, you know, be the best team that has come through. I mm -hmm. mean, we, we were a team that, you know, we lost in the first round our junior year. So it's like, let's make a run, you mm -hmm. know, and it wasn't it wasn't more. I mean, of course, everybody has their individual goals. But for me, it wasn't how am I going to get to the league or anything? I knew if I wanted, I could play after, mm -hmm. um, you know, the NBA was going to be a, a, a really long shot. Mm -hmm. But I knew if there was if I wanted to play after college, I could. Mm. So that was, you know, I didn't have to really focus on 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 that you know oh, yeah. um so it was more about and, and and our team we were really close we hung out we we did every, we ate together we did everything together so mm -hmm. we were we were we were really close so it was it was it was a it was a team goal it was a team mindset let's let's work out let's you know we would just go at each other you yeah know? we would sure. let's just let's just go at each other at each other and um you know it was that's that's what it was about is how can we do better than last year was mm -hmm. was a mindset that's cool. Do you have Do you have one memory in particular from playing that you'll all, that that stands out more than any others? I got a lot of memories. I bet. Yeah, I got. So I, I got said, a, is there one in particular that's just one of those that you'll always hang on to? Um, in a positive. Yeah, sure. In a in a in a in a positive. I mean, it's your memory. Right. I said, <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a lot of memories there. I mean. I have a lot. I mean, I, I didn't play ball. I, I have a lot of memories. I think of college, same thing. <laughs> There's a couple that stand out. But when, I mean, playing ball and especially on the team that you were on, like, are there any, like, just your highlight memories? I think making it to the Sweet 16 was mm -hmm. just, that was special. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was, I mean, heck, getting out of the first round was, totally, was, yeah. was you know, was, was, was special. Um, but I think, you know, getting to that Sweet 16 and competing in that, you know, environment and on, on on that national stage with guys that, I mean, I had, I came in with four freshmen, right? It was me and three other guys, and mm. for us to go out like, hey, we're we're doing it. We yeah. we worked four years for this. I think that was that was really special. That's really cool. So you you in in the wrapping up your final season, both academically and and on the the court. What was that that first initial move for you? Did you did you stay, or what was the move right after you you finished at SDSU? Um, I played. I went went, went overseas. Mm. Yep. So you know, as soon as I, um, you know, it was tough. I was gonna have do the whole NBA pre draft thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
but that was the year of the lockout. So oh, I didn't shit. even get an opportunity to try to play my way onto a roster or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. I didn't, I didn't get that experience. So um, that's interesting. Yeah, they didn't start think the, the league until December or something like that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, went overseas and uh, played in Slovenia. Uh, my first year, Italy. Second year in Ukraine. My third year. Oh wow! Yeah, that's rad. And then you came back straight yeah. to San Diego. Came back to San Diego. Came All right. Back to San Diego. So then, what drew the what uh, drew you to the program to the Bulldogs? So um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but. Uh, uh, there's a big time trainer out there named uh, Jordan Lawley. Um, you know, he's one of the one of the top trainers I would say in the country now. Mm. So, um, myself and Jordan Lawley, we started a, a training program together, cool. and uh, we were training a, a ton of kids. I mean, we must have between the both of us, we must have been seeing eighty to hundred kids a week, mm. right? And you know, training like that was his thing, like. That was one-on-one like one-on-one small group sessions little clinics things like that like we 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 really had the ball rolling with it and um but me personal training and that was never my passion um i could do it but it was it wasn't my it wasn't my passion i couldn't me going six seven hours a day you know driving all over san diego doing For private sure. lessons like that was it was a grind yeah yeah it was a serious grind and i was in and um you know now he's up in uh orange county uh work uh running out of the asics facility out there mm. um and i chose to go a different route so for me it was like how can i get all these how can i see all these kids in three hours instead of 20 hours sure yeah you know yeah. so um and i got tired of Going to going to these kids' games and watching them play, and the coach had no idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm working with this kid, but this coach doesn't even know. Yeah, he doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't really know basketball. So you you're got, doing you like know. half half the job. The other half is getting butchered. <laughs> right, right. So we're it's like you know trying to trying to get guys to do sprints and quicksand. You know, so yeah, they yeah, really, for sure. You know, he's you know coach my, coach is telling me this, but you know and you know and it's hard because. You never want to be someone who's telling, you know, telling the player your coach doesn't know what he's doing. You For always sure. you always respect the coach, For no sure. matter what your opinion is, mm-hmm. you know. So I just said, screw it. I'm, I'm just going to start my own program. And uh, that's, that's you know, that's how San Diego Bulldogs were, were, were started. So you start with team one, first team? Yeah. So, I mean, our first initial tryout, you know, I thought we'd get, you know, one, two teams. We had five teams our no first way. season. Yeah, we had five teams our first season. Um, and every season is three months. Mm-hmm. So we went from five teams. Three months later, we had 10 teams. Three months later, we had 13 teams. Um, and then we got really stagnant at about, once we had about 14 to 16 teams, we were stagnant for about two to three seasons. Stagnant meaning it just stayed like, at it that? Just stayed, it just stayed there. Do you know why? Um, I figured out why, yeah. you know? So I was like, you know, I was like, why, why are we not growing? Like, why are mm-hmm. we not... Why are we? Why are we not growing? And um, what I realized was we were losing kids because uh, our format was you're either on a league team only, mm-hmm. um, and on the league team you don't get to play in tournaments. Like because if you go there, you're gonna. I mean, we tried it and they lost by 60, 70 points. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're on a league team only. 
um, or you're a, a tournament player, which means you're in a league, but you get to play in two or three tournaments and compete. So we were losing all the league team only kids because they're like, we want to, we want to go wanna play. play yeah. We want to go play. So they're going to other programs and getting getting ready, getting to go play in tournaments. Mm. So that following season, I said, everybody's playing in tournaments, you know, and it was and it was good because the tournaments were getting to the level now where they had gold, sure, silver, yeah. bronze. Copper one, yeah, yeah, copper yeah. two, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, so everybody had a place to play, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. which was perfect. So once we did that, we went from four, 14 to 16 to 20 to 22. Jesus. Yeah. And then we had uh, Courtney Clemens, who played with me at San Diego State. Uh, we brought her in to grow the girl side. Mm. And uh, she did an amazing, phenomenal job. And our, our girl side you know, grew to about 12 teams. So no in total, way. we, you know, there was a time pre-pandemic where we were averaging 30 to 35 teams every oh season. My God. Yeah. That's got to be, so when you look back at season one or the first year doing it, do you look back, was there all sorts of fumbling and mistakes and stuff that you were doing in the learning process? Because now I don't think people understand too. When If you if you lined up in a room, 30 teams, you'd be like, okay, I get it now. Because <laughs> right. all 30 teams come with, <laughs> X amount of players, and they all come with parents. Two parents, yeah. You know, so you're a part-time therapist. Yep. You're a coach. Right. You're you're a deal maker. Everything. Is there something in year one? Because this is always like when we started year one, I was running and chasing so many different things and doing circles. Right. And now I look back, and if I could have watched and give it advice, would love to, or just let them run. Yeah. Was there things in year one that you were just on a mad dash, or it wasn't year one? Mm -hmm. Five teams was, was easy because I, I also had you know other coaches. Mm. It's when we got to. When we got to 18 teams, 14 to 18, when we were around there, then it became hectic. For sure. Because now I'm very picky about my coaches and, mm. you know, but we need them, right? Mm -hmm. we, need, we need coaches. So you may, maybe you take that coach that you probably don't want to take, but you kind of have to because you don't have nobody else to do it. Mm -hmm. And now you're, you're, you're spending too much time coaching coaches instead of coaching players and mm -hmm. – um, that became a handful. And then when we got to, to 30, 35, that, that was overwhelming. Yeah, that totally. Was, that was overwhelming. Do you, do you deal with, because obviously you're the face of the program. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can have an adverse sense when, when you grow, because everybody, a parent, a kid, they probably want to be involved in some way, shape, or form with you. Right. Was that as you grow, grew, because I imagine now as teams added on, that was less hands-on. You could be with them, like you said, other coaches. Right. Did, was there any blowback from either parents or kids because they wanted to be directly coached or, you know, taught or drilled by you? Um, in the beginning, yes. When we were mm. down to about between five to ten teams, yeah, because they all wanted, you know, they all wanted my hands, you know. For there. sure. Um, but the culture, my, my thing was I wanted to bring L.A. basketball to San Diego, mm. right? So... There's a lot of programs who, who don't cut kids. Mm. My first season, I cut kids. You're like, really, DJ? You're just you're gonna cut them? Like, yeah, they're not good enough, mm. right? We get to season two, we go how, to ten. I have to know how that went. <laughs> how did that go? People loved it. Really? They the parents okay. the parents loved it. I oh, mean, okay, they, good. You know, good. And, and 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 the feedback I got was, what can my son do to be better? 
mm. right? What can my son do to, to, to make it next season, mm. right? So the kids that I was cutting, there's kids I cut three seasons in a row, but they kept coming back to try to make the team. Mm. So, you know, with, with that being said, it was, you know, when we got to 35 teams, I was still cutting kids. Yeah, yeah. I was still cutting, you know, 30 kids. Crazy. You know, so that's always been the thing. If you're not, if you're not good enough, you're just not going to make it. That's real life. Yeah, and, and I, I think it also establishes the bulldog brand. Yeah, to, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more competitive. If it was just a free for all, right? Then that'd be, well, I don't know what that would be comparable <laughs> to, but it, it establishes you as a competitive brand. Right. Um, that's great. So, like, pandemic aside, is there a cap or is there a certain level that you want to take the program or like down the road, whether it's one year, two year, five year plan that you see it growing into? I never wanted thirty five teams. No, oh, so you're already above the cap. Yeah, I, I never wanted 30 teams. So, you know? so obviously you're always, you're always nimble <laughs> in, in this space. Like whatever it is, whatever, any type of business, you're nimble. Is there a certain level now that, okay, you had the 30, 35. Is there a certain tier now that you're like, I absolutely will not do that? Um, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go to 35 again. Really? Yeah, out of, this, out of this pandemic, you know, coming back out of things, go back to normal. I wouldn't go to 35. Have you, have you, because a lot of people are doing this, have you made any major adjustments or things that you're not going to do at post pandemic with the program, with whatever, however you run the program? That's really tough to say because we're, we're, we're operating in a place where we're the first to do it, mm. you know? So it's not like I can look and see what somebody else is doing. Sure, yeah. No, no one else has 35 teams in San Diego under, under one roof. Yeah, 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 true. Right, so it's, we're, we're learning a lot on the fly. Um, you know, and, and it's hard to say is because we've experienced success, mm -hmm. right? So how do I know what to cut, you know, or what not to do if the program was still doing this? Yeah, that's true. You know, so that's, that's been the biggest, you know, it's always what can we do better? Our co my coaches can always be better. Mm -hmm. You know, we can always we can always do more. We can always there's always something else that we can do, and that's what we're striving to do. No season's ever the same, mm. right? So, um, you know, and, and it's going to continue to be that way. Totally. You know, I mean, is there? I mean, there's always some fat that you can trim, mm -hmm. right? And you know, the toughest part is when you have 350 kids in the program, which you know equals out to. 600 parents and mm -hmm. the emails the calls the you that's been the toughest part is is trying to you know establish that growth but you know you have to put out these fires and things like that but you don't have enough time all the time to 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 build things up over yeah, here yeah. you know so um that's always been the biggest challenge and i think out of out of out of this, my big takeaway is we have to 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 work smarter, and not not so For much sure. harder. Yeah, right. And I imagine when you when you describe that number of parents and and just the administrative side of it, at some point it probably pulls you so far away from coaching, which is mm -hmm. ultimately well, coaching and now coaching coaches. Right. That if if you're you know constantly putting out fires, that you lose what you're really in it right. for and the true value of it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that being said, like. I pick my two teams that I want to coach every season, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so, I, and I'm going to coach them, you know, no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, but, but, but again, yeah, I mean, my, you know, sometimes I, I, I have to spend time doing other things when I can be 
drawing up things to or lesson plans or things for for my own yeah, program yeah. or squad you know interesting so. we were kind of talking before we we started rolling the camera on the potential talks of how tournaments will run keeping spacing how they're doing in arizona and texas and all that what's been from when this first initially struck back in march um what's been the biggest i guess hurdle or struggle with the program and with you in general with with uh, bulldogs um keeping kids motivated mm. um we, you know, like I said, we had 200 kids, but we'll, we'll have practices where, you know, first, that first couple of weeks, everybody's showing up, and then that 200 goes to 125, and, mm. you know, you have a team of 10 that show up, and then you have a team of four, and, you know, that's, that's been the toughest part because um, kids don't, we don't have that, we have to prep. We have to prep yeah. for this, oh, you know. When you don't have to prep for anything, kids are like, ah, I'll sit out today. Like, I didn't even think about you that. You know, if you don't, if you don't have a tournament coming up, if you don't have a big game, mm. you know, your rivalry game coming up, you know, it's, ah, coach, I'm gonna take take this week off. Yeah, you for know, sure. I'm, I'm play some video games. You have know? you had? I mean, I'll be first to admit, like, I've had challenges with motivation in general too, because there's like the earlier days, and even now, you never know what we're waking up to right. policy wise or new adjustments, and, and I think it's affected everybody in certain ways, or has there been times or days where you're, like your personal motivation where you just, you know, you kind of hit a wall? Oh, 100%, 100%. Um, and it comes from, you know, it, it came from the parents and players saying, coach, you know, when can, we when, when, when can we compete again? Can we go scrimmage against this team? Can we mm -hmm. go and do this? And you're looking at these parents and players who just want to get out there and compete. And you're like, we can't. Like, yeah, yeah. like I'm sorry, we can't. And it's like, well, why are we running plays? Yeah, <laughs> Coach, why, sure. are we, why are we running offense? Why, why, are, we, why yeah. are we doing this? Why are we working on this drill? Like, we're not going to play, you know? And, you know, but you have to find ways to keep them motivated. And, you know, I found myself 10 times. We might go and play in this tournament, you know, in three mm -hmm. weeks. So we got to, and I knew we weren't going to go and play yeah, in the yeah, tournament, yeah, but sure. you had to do it to keep the kids like going hard, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, and the, and the worst part is, I mean, the, the whole summer we've been out on the blacktop, right? Mm. Which is our first time in six years, we had a practice outside. Mm. And normally, like if there was a time we had a practice outside, we got so much heat for it, like. My kid doesn't have outside shoes. My kid doesn't yeah, have a, yeah, oh, he sure. only has an indoor basketball, right? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, but this was the first time where we had parents saying, if you go inside, I'm pulling my kid from the program. Oh, really? Yeah. Like That's we, what I was going to ask. Are you yeah. getting two sides of the fence and people pushing you in certain directions? Like especially, pushing to do yeah. more or pushing to do less? Yeah, especially in, in, in the beginning, you know, um, parents like, we have to be outside. Like, it's not safe to be inside. And you know, and coach, if we're not going to play any games, then, you know, I'm not signing up. Like, I'm not going to, it makes no sense for me to be here if, mm -hmm. you know, if we're not going to play games. And my response is, um, I, I, I respect that, but you, your, your kid going to do a one on one training doesn't teach a kid team aspects. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't learn the game of basketball in a one on one training, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but whatever it is that you want to do, I completely respect it. You know, so, hmm. um, you know, it's, 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 there's been a lot of hurdles, been a lot of challenges, been a lot of up, ups and down and, you know, but we made it through, 
Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I have no idea what to expect for the fall. I know last fall we had 320 kids registered. Holy um, I checked two days ago. We had 30 kids. You know, so I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Usually, yeah, yeah. We usually average about 100 to 150 registrations 48 hours before mm. tryouts. But it's, you know, we're usually more than 30. Yeah, you yeah, know? for sure. So I really, I really have no idea what this fall season is going to look like. That's crazy. So I, I think, shoot, even talking about outside of pandemic, when you're in the, the peak of season, and I know you got a family at home too, so yep. you have, you're juggling a lot. And you come from growing up playing sports and, and self-discipline. And I've had a guy on here, so I'm not going to steal his quote because he runs a podcast strictly behind the quote, success leaves clues. And I'm curious because family at home, growing program, what for you, and you, you come from discipline, what is your driver of discipline or daily life, like your, your habits and routines that keep that fire burning? it's uh, a great question. Because ev- everybody has like, that's probably one of my favorite things to ask. And we, we're always into like, whether it's health, nutrition, you know, certain types of exercise, both mentally and physically. You know, we always bring on here and we try to some way shape that question to find out. And you're always juggling. And I, I love having people on here who also have a family at home too, because mm-hmm. I don't have that. So I couldn't imagine you have to go home and you're still on. You have to be on. Right. You know, you, like me, I go home and it's just a dog looking at me. <laughs> I can be off. Right. You have to be on at all right. times, which is, right. you have to, it's almost like where that, that younger discipline has to, to shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm human, right? Yeah, yeah. So it. There was, you know, there was good days. There was bad days. For sure. Right. And, you know, when things first hit and you like everything was shut down for, you know, 48 weeks or whatever, or, you know, the first four weeks, I was like, this is great. This is time I'll, I'll never get back with my son, my family. Like, you know, we have a yard and True, we yeah. got him a pool and, you know, swing set and, you know, we're out there enjoying, you know, it was my first time where I could enjoy, enjoy the house mm-hmm. and, with, with my family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, cause usually I'm at a tournament every other weekend, yeah, you true. know, and in the summers, every weekend of July, I'm gone. I'm gone Thursday through Sunday, every weekend of July, normally for the last mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the first time where I got a break and you know, it was great. Yeah. I bet. Four weeks after mm-hmm. I was going crazy. <laughs> I was going crazy like I thought that I, was coming I gotta get out I gotta go I was like there has to be somewhere we can play there has to be put a pickup game together <laughs> right, I'm gonna there, do something there has to be somewhere where we can where we can go and play like yeah, yeah. just go get a hotel room just to get a hotel room totally, you know yeah. just to feel like oh, I got a game coming you know just to yeah. get that just to get that vibe again I was going you know going going crazy and, and, and again it was it was from a business standpoint trying to find that motivation but there was no light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. you know and it was like don't want to get back into training kids and it's probably not you know and, and I couldn't even you know whether if I wanted to do it or didn't want to do it it was it was it was tough because you know you have people where you're training kids you shouldn't be doing that yeah, yeah. right like yeah. There's, there's a pandemic going on you shouldn't be training yeah right when they I was that guy where I'm the reason why they had to take the rims off Right. I was I was that guy because I had to get out the house. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm 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 one of those guys where they you know, I'm the re- person that, that caused that. But. I was just talking to him about that. <laughs> Wasn't I telling you me and my buddy were trying to find a hoop around town early. We went to Mission Bay on the beach. 
10 minutes in, the, the patrol car came by. He's like, you guys can't be here. Yep. Then we go to the PB rec center. The rims are off. off I'm like, well, yep. that's one way to, <laughs> to stop people. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I was really going, I was going crazy. And, you know, my wife, she can, she can tell, you know, something was a bit off mm -hmm. because there was no, there was no outlet. Like, yeah, I love my family, but you know, there was no practice. There was yeah. no, there was no lesson plan. There was no tournament coming up. There wasn't, you know, and um, I had to switch gears, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny how, you know, the universe works. Um, an opportunity came up and um, the La Jolla Country Day job came up, came open. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I got a call, DJ, man, you should put your name in this. You should, you should, you know, you should go for it. And um, I did. I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what this world is going to look like three, four months from mm -hmm. now. Like, you know. Um, and uh, it, La Jolla Country Day was always a school that, you know, I was like, man, if that job ever came open, totally, yeah. that job ever came open, and it did. Mm. Um, and, I, and I got it, you know? Wow, and man, I, congrats. Yeah, thank you. I feel you. like Kev might have told me that in yeah. past, but it was so fast in passing. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, so, so, you know, I got that, and, you know, so now, you know, you're still worrying about your San Diego Bulldogs, but, like, now it's like, okay, now I'm in, I'm in you know, in big time high school basketball totally, yeah. coaching now I got to build a program you know mm -hmm. so now I got something to look forward to yeah now yeah. I got guys that I have to get ready mm -hmm. you know and, and 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 prepare them for upcoming and you know things like that so um that really helped that's that, that's yeah, really no, cool that, that, that really helped you're gonna definitely see us in the stands because <laughs> me and Kev I mean we still actually get into rise brought it full circle because he was when we first moved out here um, and it, it was, it would have been hard to keep up coaching cause I was a JV coach at San, San Diego Academy yep. and he was over at La Jolla high. But when you start a business, it's, I mean, nobody sees, and now I respect all those, all my high school coaches who are like, you know, when I boil down the hours, it's like two cents. Two, an hour. It really is. I, yeah. I look, I'm like, I'm driving up to Encinitas <laughs> from downtown six days a week. Yep. And I usually just pack my bag straight from work. And I, I, I'd scrimmage with the varsity guys and then and the JV guys came on. So I was up there maybe two in the afternoon till nine o'clock at night, yep. six days a week. And you know what the stipends, what they pay, like uh, it, yep. was, it was not, but <laughs> we still to this day, cause he was actually with the Hoopers program yep. too. So had a lot of guys up and coming that we still want to watch the guys progress and we'll go to high school games. I was just watching Mikey Williams down South. Obviously everybody's yep. going on to watch those games. So at least we now have a school where we can go to regularly. So you got, right. you got a couple fans. Yeah, in the stands. yeah. But that's exciting, man. Yeah. When, yeah. when did you actually get the, the formal news on it? Oh, uh, what was that? Uh, it was back in mid June, I think, early June. Damn. Yeah. So when are you have you or have you already been in the gym and? Oh no, we don't get no gym access. Oh, okay. We, no, so everything that we're doing is off, uh, you know, off campus workouts, things like that. So, so. you, but you started though. You. Were, oh yeah. You, you oh yeah. We jumped. We jumped right into it. Right, How do they look? right into it. Um, it's gonna take some time. Yeah. I mean, we have, we're young. It's mm -hmm. a team of all sophomores and juniors, so I have two years to really. That's cool. You know, so that's that's what I'm most excited about. I think, you know, if there is a season this year, I think we'll be very com I think we'll be very competitive. But mm -hmm. I think we're two years away from being really, really good. That's really cool. And it's also something I mean, it's still at the same time. You, you can run the Bulldogs and keep growing the Bulldogs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's exciting, man. It's, yeah. it's crazy how like these are the weird. Right. I, told, I told everybody it's the way I describe it now. It feels like whoever can hold their breath the longest right now, that's how this whole thing feels. Yep. You know, it comes out of it and survives, but there's going to be opportunities like that that come up. There's going to be a lot of opportunities yep. because either people will jump ship or they're back out. So it's exciting to hear that that panned out, man. Yeah.
I have a I have a really important question. It's going to catch you totally off guard. Okay. Um, that I meant to ask you in like the rise tournaments, all that. And I don't know how I haven't, but I saw that you got into Muay Thai. <laughs> I'm a huge combat sports yeah. fan, and and I I box regularly. So I saw I saw that a long time ago, and yeah. I've always meant to ask, like, hey man, tell me how it went, because you actually competed too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I competed. How did that go? Uh, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. One. So I, mean, I was that, trying to dig as much, and I was looking up info. I'm like, there's got to be somewhere I could find like the fight or looking. And I saw on the social, but I've, yeah. I've meant to ask, like, how did that go? Because that's such a, I mean, it's a crazy sport. Yeah, one of my that best, was yeah. one of my best buddies out here. He owns a boxing club, and he he came up. He was on the podcast actually, a Muay Thai fighter. He fought in Thailand, Vegas. Like he was a really big Muay Thai fighter. Right. So he he brought me to my first Muay Thai fight, and I fell in love right yeah. away. Like, oh my god, just the environment, the the competitiveness, and and I think every fan likes the fact that there isn't, if you, if you understand grappling and on the ground, it's one thing. If you right. don't, a lot of people just want to see you stand. Right. And Muay Thai stands. And, and it's the toughest fucking yep. guys yep. in the world. Yep. It, when, I, when I watch most of the fights, I look, I'm like, it's literally who's just tougher. Like you could exactly. see in the face, like they almost didn't, they almost incur, like hit me. Yeah. Cause it's just, a, it's who's tougher. Right. So I right. meant to ask you, how, how'd that go? That is a funny story, man. That is, that is really a funny story. Um, I, uh, I had no intention to get into Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. I found out that I had a kid on the way, and I was like, just in case I'm having a girl, I want to take some lessons. Get you know, like, that's I, like, why? You know, that's exactly why. Like, <laughs> I showed up to a gym, like, like hey, like, I just want to, I want to make sure, like, am I, because every, every, everybody thinks they can fight, right? Sure. So, and, and, I was, and I was like, so I was like, yeah, I, I feel like I can hold my own, but I want to make sure I can hold my own, yeah, yeah. right? So I was like, in case I'm having a girl, I want to make sure I, I, I know what to do, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I walk into, you know, I walk into a gym, and uh, I was like, hey, I want to, I wanna only want to do boxing. Said so me kicking was like completely out the picture, mm -hmm. right? So I, I walk into, I want to take, take some boxing classes. Like I want to do some personal training, you know, I just, you know, just show me some things. And uh, Janix from uh, I know him. yeah yeah Janix turning way yeah, back yeah yeah, yeah Janix from uh, UFC he's like okay so I, I sign it with him second session he had me kicking and um, I hated it for sure I hated it um, I couldn't lift I I couldn't lift my leg past my waist like mm -hmm. if I'm kicking I'm kicking you in your calf like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the only place I'm kicking you is in your calf yeah right. Um, the next week after, he had me sparring. Mm. So he was like, yeah, when you come back next week, uh, come at 7, I'm going to have you spar. I said, Janix, you didn't even teach me how to block yet. <laughs> he, I was like, you didn't even teach me how to block. He was like, so if somebody throws a punch to your face, what are you going to do? And I, and I went like this. He was like, well, now you know how to block. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, Daddy. sweet, yeah. sweet, good lesson. And, and I was like, and I was like, but Janet, I said, what if they kick me? What do I do? And then like he, he showed me like a basic movement, like you know what, what you know what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. Nobody told me like this was what what sparring was really like, mm -hmm. right? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure you know, but get into a cage. There's eight people in the cage. Mm -hmm. They lock the gate, right? And you go, what was it? I think it was two minutes on, one minute off, two minutes on, one Just minute rotating. off. Rotating. Yeah, yeah. For an hour. For an hour. Yeah. And again, I'm a week and a half in, right? I'm a week and a half in. So 
my first sparring set that I'll never forget. That was way better story than than my actual fight. <laughs> you know, and I have no yeah, no yeah. problem telling people because there's real life killers out there. Like, oh yeah, for you know? sure, for sure. So I get in there, and you know, and Jack said, "Hey, just you know, just work with them. You know, tell the guys just just work with them." Mm. And I just came from powerlifting, so I walked in at 210 pounds. Oh fuck! So everybody's looking at me like, "Oh, this big dude here. I'm about to, oh, I'm about to tear him up." Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I and I don't know what I'm doing. Like. I'm just throwing hands, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just throwing hands. Yeah. So, you know, I walk in and the first person I go against, he's probably five four, uh, hundred and twenty five, maybe thirty pounds, right? And just and, dangerous. And, yeah. And you know, so I'm 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 working them, I'm working them, and I'm like, oh man, I'm doing pretty good. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm doing pretty good, and like, he's not really throwing anything, you know, yeah, like yeah. he'll throw like a kick, you know, every now and then, but you know, in my mind, like. In my mind, like, I'm kicking this butt, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so we get past the first round. And, like, we, you know, I go through and, you know, I'm working. I'm working. I come back around to him. Mm. 125, 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. And they said, ready, go. He Whack. threw about six kicks in five seconds. <laughs> he threw about six. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I was embarrassed at first, but I was like, there's no way I should be embarrassed about this because this is what he does. Yeah, yeah. Right? So can you imagine 210-pound muscular dude going against a 5'4", 135? I was running away from him <laughs> in the cage. I was in everybody else's way. I'm running away from this dude in the cage. Like, I want no more. Like, oh, I, sure. I want no more. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm exhausted, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm exhausted. And, you know, I, he's, he's, he's pinning me up against the, the, the fence. And I said, screw it. I turned around and I just grabbed the fence. Like, I want no, no. <laughs> I turned around and I grabbed the fence. I grabbed the fence. I was like, dude, you can't hit me. I'm grabbing the fence. Like, <laughs> that's it. Like, <laughs> 130 pounds. I turned around and grabbed the fence. Like, no more, no more, no more. And because like in the first round, like I was, I was, you know, being, I was cocky about it. For like, sure, like, yeah. I, like, I like, I got you, dude. Like, yeah. I got you, right? And he was like, and I grabbed the fence. He was like, come on, come on. Like, no. he was egging me on. And um, so I'm grabbing the fence. I was like, I, I took three deep breaths. He's like, come on, like, let's finish around. Let's finish around. I, I let go of the fence. I was like, all right. I closed my eyes and I just, I just throw my, throw, <laughs> throw my hands. Just, I don't care what, somebody's going down. Somebody's going, he's at 10, nine. I'm just, I'm just doing this. Close my eyes. You know, and that was my first experience sparring. I didn't know how to block. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know how to kick. You know, I only knew how to use my hands. Oh, my right? God. So, um, you know, but I tried. And then the following week, he was like, Janix was like, OK, we're signing you up for a match. And I said, did you just see what happened? Did you just see? I just, I just got beat up by somebody half my side, half my yeah, weight, yeah. you know. Um, but it was a fun. It was a fun process. I, I went from. 210, 215, and I fought at 165. Damn. I fought how, at how 165. How soon after? How, how soon is the fight? It was three months. No shit. Yeah. Three so did you, go, did you go full fight camp, full... Yeah, full fight camp, everything. Uh, That's aggressive that for was, just showing up for classes. Yep. That's from, crazy. I walked in one day, two weeks later. I'm sparring next week. I'm signed up for a fight. Damn. Did you do one at the... Was it the Sheridan? 
No, I didn't. I didn't um, was it in, shared in town here? Yeah, it was. I don't even remember the name of the place, but uh, it was but illegal. Yeah. It wasn't like a smoker. It was a legal, like sanctioned fight, right? Or he probably. Threw I, I don't know the difference, man. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just know I, I fought somebody. I the, fought somebody. I won, and that that was it. So. How how was it? Because man, I, there's nothing that that compares to the feeling walking out. Yeah. And it, how was that? Because you've been in big arenas right. and on big floors, but it is such a difference mm-hmm. when there isn't, it's not, there's no deflecting onto a teammate, deflecting out. When you are in there, it is the most surreal, yep. fucking crazy rush ever. Never been nervous for a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Never been nervous. Sweet 16, championship games, never been nervous. For that fight, I was nervous. Mm-hmm. I was, I was nervous and, uh, I mean, because like you said, it, it's it's me versus you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You know, and fans are there. Everybody's there. My wife's there. And like, oh, I, bet. I can't get knocked out in front of my wife, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it you messes know. with your mind. It really does. It, and, it, and it also, I say, like, it corrupts your mind for, I can't remember. It felt like the entire training camp. It's all you think about. Yep. And you're so fucking competitive. Yep. That is all you think about because you're playing out every scenario. Like you yep. said, my wife's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Even if I take a heavy shot, right. I can't be grabbing the cage yep. and turning around in this one. It's it's crazy, man. But that's that. But that was the thing, you know, about the fight was all I did was spar, 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 spar. It wasn't until I got hit for the first time mm-hmm. at full, at, you know, full strength. I was like, crap, this is real. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is a this is a real fight. You know, he hit me over the top of the head and I buckled. You mm-hmm. know, and I and I buckled and I you know I regained myself and I was like, Oh, like, okay, let's go, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, you you hit that point where it's, you know, fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Right? And and from that point on, you know, I I, I did what I did, you know, and, and, and I and I won the fight, but that was that was interesting to me was you know i'm in there and you know i'm still spar mode i'm still spar mode sure, yeah. you know like i'm i'm hitting 80 percent. you know mm-hmm. i'm hitting 80 percent. i'm kicking 80 percent. like mm-hmm. i'm i'm kicking to 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 hurt you but not to knock you out mm-hmm. you know i'm punching you to hurt you but not to knock you out he punched me to kill me mm-hmm. and i was yeah. like let's go yeah, you know what yeah, i mean like yeah. let's let's go yeah. you know so that was that was that was interesting but, you know, one thing about a fight, you know, I tell everybody, win or lose, uh, you know, everybody gets hurt, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I won the fight, but my ankle was swollen like this. For sure. You know, so but yeah. it, was, it was cool. That's rad, man. I was hoping it would go on a tangent like that. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping yeah. that. That's cool. Well, hey, we always, we always kind of land the plane yeah. with the same question. So um, I'm really glad I covered a lot of ground, a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, but we always like, like to ask the same question of if there's somebody out there who's watching right now who's either in their high school years or their early years of, you know, starting a job, starting college, starting a program, starting whatever it is they're out there starting. Going back to you, 17, 18-year-old DJ, what is your, like, consolidated advice to them? Don't be a talker, be a doer. Mm. Don't be a talker, be a doer. Mm. You get a lot of kids... Coach, I want to. I want to play D one. I want to play college basketball. I want to play varsity as a freshman. Uh, you know, I want to. I want to make a million dollars. I want to. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, 
you know, and, you know, my question always is, well, what are you doing? You know, what, mm -hmm. what are you doing about it? You know, so I tell all my kids and people who want to train with me, if you're not putting 10 hours a week minimum outside of your practices, I won't, I won't work with you because mm -hmm. you're not serious. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not serious. Um, and 10 hours is nice. I mean, it's, it's me being nice. It, it, it really, to be to that elite level in, in business, in sports, academics, whatever the case may be, you're looking at 20 hours a week, sure. you know, yeah. minimum, mm -hmm. minimum. But, but I tell people who want to train with me, if you're not putting in 10 hours a week outside of practice, I won't work with you. Don't, don't tell me, show me that you want to, that you want to do it. So that's what, that's what I would say. Don't be a talker, be a doer. Man, I feel like that, that could apply in so many things, even outside of sports. Yep, I just had like a similar conversation with somebody who was about a relationship and I almost gave the exact same advice. You know, there's a lot of people talking about what they want to do with the relationship. Like, right. just be a doer. Just right. be a doer. Yep. That's great, man. Well, hey, yep. thanks again for taking the time. Appreciate it, man. It's been fun. It's been yeah. fun. Especially that ending. That was a great, <laughs> great ending. All right, man. Yeah, appreciate you it. Catch Thank you. Thank you.